And we're recording. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in and watching. And for those of who are listening, thanks for listening. So today I have a friend on as my guest, somebody who's also one of my main mentors in uh, human movement. And um, I'm talking about she's the creator of the EBFS. EBFA course content, that's the Evidence-Based Fitness Academy, and Naboso Barefoot Technology, and of course, I'm talking about my friend, Dr. Emily Splickle. Welcome back. How are you? I'm doing amazing. Hi to everybody who is tuning in. Uh, it's been a while since we had done one of these conversations, so. It has been a while, yeah. In fact, the last one was, uh, I love all of them, but this la the last one was the Mindset for Success. Yeah. About a month after the Barefoot Summit 2018 in your office. So I'll put a link to that on here. And I'll tell you, you've got some great stuff to share about success. That was so much fun. Thank you. Yeah. Excellent. Well, so we kind of have a mission here, a plan. We were going to talk about a couple of things. Now, I'm very sorry to hear that you were stricken with the COVID-19 virus, but I know that you're, you're on the mend, you're doing better. And I wondered if you would mind sharing a little bit about that experience because, you know, I don't know too many, well, not here, probably in New York, there are people who know people who had it because you're yeah. so densely hit there. What was it like for you, if you take us from the beginning to how you're doing now? Sure, yeah. So um, uh, thank you for allowing me to do that. I know that here in New York, which is where I, I'm based, I live in the financial district with my with my family and uh, I actually know quite a few people who have gone through COVID probably you know 25 to 30 people within like a tight circle oh, who wow. have gone through it um, but when I speak to some other people in other states in different areas most of them are like yeah I don't know anyone like you're the only person or I know one other person yeah. um, so it's hard hard to have a an understanding of how it presents and you know there's a curiosity sure. of what it's like to go through it. Um, yeah. So I'll just tell you a little bit about kind of how my symptoms so that people can be aware for themselves is my symptoms all started very GI. So it was nausea, diarrhea, loss of appetite. Um, that's really the first day. And then I was like, oh, that's weird. I don't know. And then the next day it progressed to being uh, like weakness in my arms that I felt like clumsy when I was typing on the computer. I was trying to fold and do some orders and it was just very kind of like clumsy. And I was like, what is happening? Like, it's very weird that I'm noticing this clumsiness of my hands. And then um, next day got a little bit of a headache, still the diarrhea and the clumsiness with the hands. It wasn't until um, day four that I was driving to Connecticut anyway to do something away from my family. And I started getting chest pain and a little shortness of breath. And I'm like, huh. Mm. All my assumptions where I was like, I don't know, am I getting sick? Is this somatic? Do I think I'm getting sick? And then I'm like, it just kind of gets in your head. But then when that started happening, I was like, okay, I'm actually gonna stay here away from my family because now it's presenting like that. So that's day, you know, four, four-ish. Um, then that night for the first time I had a little bit of trouble breathing just kind of like Like you couldn't do a whole breath like that and that was interesting I'm like, okay, and then the next day I felt fine and I was like, oh, maybe it's nothing so I thought no problems. I got a vitamin C infusion just to kind of squash it if I did have it 
feeling great that night, a eh, little bit of shortness of breath, nothing crazy. Sunday night, a little bit more. We fast forward now, I'm day eight, and it was very like this, where you think like, I'm past it, and then you're like, shit is back, and then, right, it kind of uh, waxes and wanes and how it presents. Um, day eight night, uh, it was like 1230, I had severe chest pain, and I couldn't inhale like, like I just inhaled all my entire lungs, right? I couldn't inhale more than like two or three seconds. And then that was it. It was like cut off. And I was like, oh my God. So I'm like up, I freak out. I'm by myself with my dog. And I'm like, oh my, like I'm just freaking out. Cause I've never had that sensation. I felt like I was drowning. Um, so I called 911, the ambulance came, they uh, tested my O2 sat, listened to my lungs, monitored me for a little bit. Um, and then just said essentially, Yes, you're having shortness of breath, but there's nothing that we can do on the scale of how everyone else is. Like, we wouldn't vent you at this point. We wouldn't do that. Like, you're, she just got to like ride it out and keep monitoring and call us again if anything else happens, which is very unsettling. So, I had to go back up to the apartment with that ability to only take a little bit of an inhale. So, I didn't sleep that night, clearly. Um, and the next day I then spoke to my doctor, was able to get a steroid inhaler and then started getting on that regimen. So it took several more days to kind of be like, okay, now I can breathe a little bit more relaxed, but I would say a good, um, a good week, five, five to seven days that I did not have full ability to do an inhale and an exhale. Um, I started sleeping, sitting up. I started doing some postural drainages and treated it like pneumonia, essentially, um, at home. And then felt fine. But now what started happening, my breathing was getting normalized. What started happening is I started getting severe brain fog, um, like dangerous wow. brain fog that yeah. I would you know, was running to a doctor appointment driving and I heard a noise and I was like, is my dog in the car? Like, I thought I had brought my dog and I like, didn't know if my dog, like it was like when you're losing your mind and you, yeah, right. your mind, it was very scary. Um, and quite dangerous as far as, uh, I was scared to drive home to New York. Then I felt like I was really just like 25% of my mental capacity from a memory recall and the quickness of, you know, being able to do public speaking that I do, like I just couldn't come up with phrases. Um, for any of the women who are listening, if you hear of like mommy brain and after you have a baby, you like lose your brain for a little bit, same thing. Okay. After I worked with my daughter, I was like, I couldn't connect phrases. I totally forgot words, which is part of pregnancy and they studied. It was the same thing. And I was like, oh my gosh. So um, everyone has their opinions on things to do. I have a massive regimen of what I am doing, but what I started doing is IV ozone. Um, the reason that I sought out IV ozone is that I came back to my family and I started getting GI symptoms again. And then one night I started feeling chest pain a little bit, a little sore throat. Again, you're like, is this somatic? Like, is this in my head or am I still? Yeah. And then you read about people who say that they're getting these relapses and reinfected. And what they're thinking is happening is that you haven't completely cleared the virus. So then right, the viral load goes down and then it 
whenever maybe you get lax on your vitamins, maybe get a little complacent and then your immune system starts to go down a little bit. And then the virus sees this opportunity to kind of start upticking again. And then you show symptoms again. So you self reinfect okay. or it might be mutating within you. And then you reinfect yourself with a different variation of that virus. Regardless of what it was, I was like, I need to fully clear myself of this virus. And I had known ozone. I'd listened to a lot of research on ozone before on how ozone was used with Ebola virus. Um, it's used with HIV. It's used with SARS. It's used with Epstein-Barr and many different viruses. And so I sought out um, a doctor that does it here in New York. I've done three um, sessions. Today was my third session. And what they think is that the COVID dropped my immune system and my T cells to a point that anything that's opportunistic, uh, yeast infections, right? Candidiasis, um, herpes meaning like cold sores, Epstein-Barr, which is technically a form of a herpes virus, they are opportunistic and they can essentially resurface. If you think of like shingles, shingles yeah, is yeah. again an opportunistic virus that's gonna come out when your immune system drops to a certain point. Um, so whichever it is, if it was COVID has a direct effect on it, or it's this opportunistic, or it's just inflammation in my body, or it is um, just neurotoxin, whatever it is, I want to squash it. And yeah. now day three is the first time that I actually feel reconnected to my body and to my brain, and I can think clearer. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely been a journey. It's been now um, roughly four weeks of just low-grade shittiness, <laughs> which is just like, I don't want this to be my new normal and just be like, these are the remnants effects of what people think they should now be recalibrated against. I want to be where I was way before this. Um, and I know that some of it is stress because I am extremely stressed out with this situation. Everyone to some level I think is. Um, but there's just a lot of vibrational anxiety in New York City because of us being the epicenter. I'm sure. Yeah, I've like, I can only imagine what it might be like. I've seen, you know, on the news, they show pictures of Times Square and this and that, and there's nobody there hardly, you know, and it's just not how it is. They're going down the streets in the village and the, there's nobody there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a whole different thing, man. Wow. So you, this has been going on now, you said over four weeks? Uh, yeah, I'm going on the fourth week where I had subtle symptoms, peak of symptoms, no symptoms, minus the brain fog. And then this week I've actually been tackling brain fog. So okay. yes, Okay. Wow. Uh, and your family, I know your family's okay, right? Rose and yeah, okay. yeah my, my husband and my baby are, which okay. uh, the isolation side is very important, um, which is why I made sure that I left my family. But my husband is doing all of the vitamin regimens that I'm doing just to keep his immune system up and his inflammation level down. So you want to boost the immune system, lower inflammation, so that you're kind of, uh, when you get it, you can... Um, attack it without getting like a high viral load or a high cytokine storm that they speak about. Right. So let me ask you this. I'm curious, because uh, I was talking with a friend of mine who's a, a doctor in um, South Carolina a few days ago, and he's actually heavily into the COVID research right now. 
um, he was mentioning that there tends to be a lot of inflammation that comes along with this. And you, did you experience that? Yeah. So that, that's the, when you look at the research they're showing, the cytokine storm is around interleukin-6, which is, which is a specific okay. inflammatory cytokine or marker um, that, yes, the inflammation is, but it's specifically that one that classically is rising. So there are various um, uh, vitamins and things like that that specifically reduce interleukin-6, right, which is the okay. specific one. But, yeah, so I would say most of my inflammation would be gut and then brain, and that can connection is so important where people who look at gut brain access and probiotics. So what everyone is speaking about is also like you have to protect your gut to protect your immune system, to protect your brain. And if my inflammation went sky high because of the infection, then my gut just became leaky. And now my brain is leaky. And then things can get in that you don't want in. Yeah, I mean, leaky brain is an actual thing that a lot of people are unaware of. I didn't even know about it until a couple of years ago. But that whole gut, gut brain connection is, um, I mean, in, in my world of, you know, movement disorders and all that, we know a lot of times not to get off track because I'll come back, but the disease can live in the gut for 10, 15, 20 years before it manifests any symptoms eventually uh, here. But Inflammation of the brain is a thing. It's an actual thing, or it can be. Leaky brain syndrome, I never heard about until a couple of years ago. I couldn't believe it, but it all makes sense. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it's, I think it's a really important point, uh, especially taking care, of, taking care of the gut, feeding yourself well. Yeah, yeah. And so the, the right okay. supplements too, you know, the probiotics and whatever regimen. That I, do you mind sharing your regimen? Um, sure. I mean, half of it's over here <laughs> and I have so many that hopefully I can keep, keep track of it. Um, but yeah, so the, the probiotic is really important. Um, the doctor that I'm doing the ozone with, he recommends doctor's biome. It's a specific probiotic. Um, there are various different probiotics. I've never been, um, a fan of like you get what you pay for when it comes to vitamins. Yeah. So you make sure that you're getting the highest quality one because they're not FDA regulated. So the bioavailability of different vitamins varies. Um, doctor's biome is happens to be one um, that was recommended. I use a lot of bio optimizers. It's a company that makes very good magnesium, probiotics, um, and a couple other uh, enzyme-based supplements. But some of the other stuff that I'm taking is... Um, of course, vitamin C. The vitamin C that I did this regimen and then the doctor with the ozone just reconfirmed that regimen is that uh, I take a thousand milligrams every two hours. So versus like just a high dose once, you want to actually like split it out. So you want to keep like a constant level in your um, system of whatever it is that you're taking. So I take a thousand milligrams every two hours, vitamin C. Um, I take L-lysine. So L-lysine, for, for those that aren't familiar with it, it's an amino acid. And it actually shows antiviral properties. So it's used for herpes simplex, the cold sores, is that if you feel a cold sore coming on, they recommend taking L-lysine. It squashes it. You essentially put it back into its uh, remission, in a sense. Okay. Um, so I take that. L-glutamine, which is another amino acid, is also uh, an immune regulator. Take that. 
Um, krill oil is an omega that crosses the blood-brain barrier, where a lot of other omegas don't has a, have as high of permeability to blood-brain barrier. Turmeric and curcumin also crosses the blood-brain barrier, and it's a very good um, anti-inflammatory. Um, magnesium is incredible for your mitochondria and your immune system and sleep, which is also very good. Um, I am taking, I just started integrating this because I've been doing research, but um, chaga mushroom, chaga mushroom has very high vitamin C and other anti-inflammatories. Um, carbon 60 is, uh, it's a nanoparticle that's antiviral as well. And then um, astragalus is antiviral, that's an herb. Yep. Uh, olive leaf extract is anti-inflammatory. I'm taking that. Of course, D3, I'm taking that. Um, and when you take D3, they actually recommend taking vitamin A. So I take those together. Together. Um, and I think that is, yeah, that's it. And then three liters of water a day. Great. Good. Good. Yeah, that's that's great information. Um, but I'm glad you're starting to feel better anyways, you know, because it must have been kind of scary too, huh? Yeah, because you, you the just breathing don't know. thing, that must, chest pain and breathing is, I, I've never had either of those. I, can't, I wouldn't want to either. Yeah, I've never wanted to have like a broken leg instead. <laughs> like, I'm like, I just wish I had like a broken arm or a broken leg and was in severe pain from that. Like that you can kind of like. Yeah conceptualize a little bit more the whole not being able to breathe was i mean that shit's scary and yeah. after that i was like i don't want anyone to experience this any loved one anyone who's listening anyone it's just it's very scary because you can't control that and it's it's something that can change so suddenly and that's what's scary about it yeah right right did you experience any loss of sense of smell no Okay. Um, but I know everyone's different how they're affected in with any anything but um, that's another one I hear can be a first sign but you know but it's a fast diminishment too it's not like it takes a year that happens in a day or two but yes. um, yeah yep and that's where they're showing that it has neuro effects is is it actually, so what is it doing to the nervous system showing that you lose your smell and your taste? So they're kind of showing that. Um, and then there was some research around the neurological effects of how it affects breathing, because your breathing is regulated also from a neurological standpoint, that is that potentially how some people get such sudden changes in their ability to breathe that it's actually not just this CO2, O2 kind of harmony. And it's not like there's fibrosis in the lungs. It's something more the neurological side of how breathing mechanisms are controlled. Mm. It's interesting. I think we're obviously going to learn a lot yeah. about the virus moving forward. I think so. Well, I really appreciate you sharing your experience and um, we'll have to check in down the road and see how it goes from here on out too for you. Um, so let's move along. Let's talk about other stuff you're doing because you're always doing things. You're always, I love, uh, you have uh, a headquarters now for Neboso, right in one of the boroughs. Is it yep, Brooklyn? Brooklyn? Right. That's great. And how's that business going and what's going on there? Yeah, so we are actually doing a rebrand right now, which is the perfect time to do it. But we have a really exciting 
rebrand as far as the packaging, the logo is getting kind of a, a facelift, our website is getting a facelift, um, same quality of products. So it's not like we're discontinuing products that we have the same quality of products. Um, they're going to have a slightly different look, mm -hmm. which I can't disclose yet. There's going to be colors involved with this. Oh, nice. Um, yes. <laughs> and then uh, we are launching an even more stimulating insole. So 1.5, the neural right now, and then we're doing a step higher, and that's actually the insole that we're putting through the FDA process. So that insole will go through the FDA approval for neuropathy. Oh, good. Um, yeah, that's so really good. That's really good. And for anyone who, if they're not familiar with Dr. Emily or her, anything she's been doing, so I met you, actually, it's going to be six years ago this summer. Um, when I came to your office and very nervously interviewed you, <laughs> I went to the interview the other day, I'm like, oh man, Carl, holy crap. <laughs> Still not a professional interviewer, but, uh, I was pretty uptight the first year I did that. Anyways, evidence-based fitness academy as an education curriculum, which I used to teach for, and I miss doing that. I, it's such great groundbreaking uh, relevant information for all humans, right? Uh, for walking, we need to know about it because it's uh, it's been great for everybody I work with. Um, wait, let's talk about that for a minute. With live workshops being a thing that's not happening, I'm assuming it's for any of us, what's going on in the education area? Do you have any plans there? Because you have online okay. stuff too. You have online programs in education. Yep. Yep, so actually most of our content switched online um, and now sits on Teachable. So we have a Teachable platform or a Teachable school, um, ebfaglobal.teachable.com, and then that's where we now have our courses. We just added a really good foot and ankle course. It's a six-hour course um, that sits on that platform, and we're doing one on movement disorders that you really appreciate going into dystonia and things like that. Oh, good, um, good. That sits on the platform. And then uh, our BTS level one is online, and we'll you know we'll get back into the rhythm of the live after COVID. But in the meantime, we have you know courses, we have webinars, we have our blog, we have our YouTube channel. Um, I have my book Barefoot Strong, which is print and Kindle, and I'm writing, um, and I will resume writing once I get my brain clear. Um, a second book, actually, it's my third book that is about owning your health. Oh, good. And uh, the big thing around that is about uh, self-advocacy. I feel that people need to be uh, larger advocates for themselves and understand what they can do through uh, exercises or supplements yeah. or diet or stress or whatever it is to just know that, you know, it's your body. And if something is recommended to you by a doctor, you still have every right to question the appropriateness of that recommendation. Um, and a lot of people don't, don't do that. They just think, oh, the doctor said I need surgery. So therefore I'm going to have surgery where it's like, there's a bias that comes into medicine and people don't realize that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't want to make it like, this is a whole like controversial or conspiracy theory, theory, theory thing. <sighs> but, um, I'm trying to help people understand that there is a bias and, or there's, there's always other uh, alternatives that could be done in that sense. 
Um, I bring that from how I approach my, my patients. It's how I approach my philosophy whenever I've been a patient. And then hopefully through that combination of uh, experiences and then the education to, to educate the individual that they feel more empowered when they do interact with a doctor and get a diagnosis. Um, neuropathy, which is one of the main conditions I see in my office, a lot of people will essentially see a neurologist, hear that they have neuropathy, they're given a pain medication that has tons of side effects like Lyrica, pregabalin, gabapentin, Neurontin, those are two of them, but different names of them. Um, and then they're just kind of like, period. So it's just like, my name is Emily, I have neuropathy, nice to yeah. meet Like that, this is actually, that's yeah. it, so live with it. Versus, no, you can, you can increase nerve growth factor by taking certain supplements. You can do, you know, infrared, you could do light therapy, you can do uh, balance exercises, you could do proprioceptive, you could diet vibratory, you could do it, you could, like a whole slew of things that you can do. There's CBD, there's, you know, that a lot of patients shouldn't just be like, I have a diagnosis and therefore that's it. Yeah. You know? I don't mind that you said that. This is a platform for you to say whatever you want, but I will also jump on and say, um, my son says the same thing and he is a doctor. He's down in Atlanta, ER. And um, I see it everywhere I go. I've traveled, but spent a lot of time with people in the medical world. And the, my favorite people are the people like you and my son who are thinking outside of the box and trying to look at the body in a more holistic, because we are a system. A, 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 as a friend of mine calls us, a squishy bag of systems, <laughs> that, uh, chemical reactions and things. In one, th everything is connected to everything else. Yep. There's so many ways to approach things. So that's one of the things I've always loved about what you do is you're not, you're not gonna go slice and dice if you don't have to. You know, maybe we can do some uh, short foot and we can correct that issue down there or up here or whatever. I, there's so many different ways to approach that I wish, I'm, I'm glad you're doing this book, glad you're writing it. And um, let me know when it's done so I can push it for you because this is the kind of stuff we've got to get out there as mainstream thinking one day, you know? Unfortunately, a lot of that stuff, the more that, you know, any of the professionals listening try to say, no, I can improve your balance. I can reduce your falls. I can help you, you know, uh, feel your feet more or whatever it is um, that you will get, you will start to get attacked a little bit because it isn't mainstream. Oh, it's true. You set yourself up for uh, the ability to be attacked on that. So you, the more you, the more you go, the fish swim in the other direction, the more you have to have like armor in a sense. Yeah. Or you have to be able to bounce off some of the haters because you're swimming in the other direction, but you just have to keep swimming in the other direction. I've had that for like 12 years since I graduated podiatry school. I've been sent hate mail and you know, whatever. Yeah, I, I know you have too. And it, you know, it's, I guess it's just part of what you have to deal with when you're really forging your own path. And I, I think the fact that you're sticking, you've stuck, not only stuck to it, you're one of the, uh, what do they call, um, you're forging the path ahead because people are starting 
starting. They've been for a long time. But more and more and more people are starting to jump onto that path and realize, oh, you know what? There's something here. Um, I've had my own degree of it. Uh, but, you know, I'm not going to stop what I'm doing. Yeah. And what I feel is right based on... Uh, I, I had a doctor the other day, a doctor. He's a doctor. He's 90-something years old. Look at the insoles and say... I I don't know about that. Puts him in the shoes. I can't believe it. But to get him in the shoes took forever. <laughs> and I explained the science behind it. Because, you know, they don't learn that stuff in medical school. Yeah. Oh, and he was an MD, you know, internal medicine. Um, they don't know about all those things. And it's not, they're not wrong because they don't. But awareness is going to help a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. So the, and then understanding the people who take the moment to truly understand what you're saying are also the ones that you kind of want to have that open to where some people will see the before and after videos that you, you post on Parkinson oh, that we're yeah. like super grateful for and has like really uh, opened a whole new avenue for Naboso. Um, so thank you for those is they'll say, oh, so you're saying you cure Parkinson's with these insoles? And I'm like, what? Who what? said that? Nowhere did, they, did we ever say that, right? That all we're doing is helping people connect to the skin in the bottom of the feet, which stimulates the somatosensory cortex, which plays a role with how you maintain balance and gait. That's it. You take them out, I don't know, maybe their gait goes back to it. Sure, mate. Right? So it's um, it's just interesting to see that, that people will jump to an association that they think you're implying, but you actually never said that. <laughs> oh yeah, well that that's a whole other area of uh, the brain and thought processes, I guess. But I think um, the the thing that kind of well, one thing happened that bothered me, not you know maybe about a year ago, as I was showing those some of those videos from Mexico, especially to a neurologist. And he's just looking. It's like, ah, oh, nice. Looks placebo to me. Oh man, I think if I just put any kind of insole in their shoe, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have been moving as well. And I'm not a neurologist. And you know, it, it, it just a lot of times, I'm sure you've had it happen a, a hundred times more than I ever have, or a thousand times more. You just get squashed right away. So, nah, it just can't be. It's a gimmick. You're trying to take people's money. No. No, this is the kind of stuff we need. Even, uh, I don't know if you know the Harvard professor, John Rady, who wrote the book, like, Spark and Go Wild. Mm -hmm. Big, I just talked with him yesterday, just, just a phone call. Big proponent of barefoot training because of all the things that you said. It's the same thing. It's like, he, he's, I can't say this. I, I don't know if he's, he's not a uh, functional movement specialist or anything like that, but certainly when it comes to uh, waking up the brain and things like that, there's an understanding from some pretty you know, prominent people out there. And I just want to see all this come together. It's Carl's delusion to help the world. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, the more people that we have having this conversation and making the impact with, you know, the professionals that you teach them that do it with their clients, it's a trickle down effect. And then the more content on the internet and the more that people know that they can kind of empower themselves, which is why I also want to write the book is that I think there is this freedom to knowledge 
freedom of knowledge that is accessible with the internet and that people should be able to, and that's why there's all these um, potentially controversial things that people can do, like ozone. Like I posted something and people thought I was like giving myself an embolism because I'm putting air in my, in my veins, which is, so of course they were hating on me, but I'm like, I ha everyone has every right to try different modalities and look at the research and make educated decisions. Don't do, you know, this unintelligently, but look at the research. You qualify for yourself. You make the decision for yourself, right? It, it's my, it would be my opinion as a doctor if I said that ozone is crap or stem cells. I do a ton of stem cells in my office. Okay. That a patient will come in and I'll say, I'll go over what stem cells are, what they do, the efficacy, my track record, I've been doing them for years. I have a 90% success rate. And then they're just like, I don't know. Let me ask my internist. And I was like, don't ask your internist because if your internist doesn't do stem cells and they probably don't understand it. So of course they go ask their internist and the inter internist says, those are not FDA approved. There's not enough research. It doesn't work. Don't do that. Don't waste your money. Where I'm, you know, so you have to pre-qualify your source. And then if someone doesn't understand the in-depth process of something, then they're, they're going to come to a conclusion that's based off of, I don't want to say ignorance, but lack of qualification in a sense. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And that's just human nature. So I try to take that into understanding if anyone tries to uh, attack anything that I say or use with a patient that it's just based off of their lack of knowledge of something versus exactly yes. and that, that's a great way to look at it too um i'm just curious would you be able to give or mind giving an example of where and how you use a stem cell yes so, yep i do um amniotic and umbilical cord based injections in my office um, the amniotic sort that's placental so the placental lining and then umbilical cord um, the umbilical cord matrix has um, shown to have a little bit higher efficacy as far as mesenchymal stem cells um, and things like that. But I have very high success rate off of placental-based ones as well. Um, and then there's bone marrow and there's adipose. And then there's PRP. So classic PRP is the first one that people think of where you draw the blood, spin it down, re-inject the platelets um, that has a growth factor stem cell effect. Um, I don't do that anymore in my office. I do the placental umbilical cord. I don't do adipose or bone marrow because you have to get those out of the person's body. So it's a procedure before the procedure. Okay. Um, just a little bit out of scope for me and my license of where I would get those, um, which is why I do the other ones. But an example is I do them in plantar fascial tears. So if you have chronic degeneration of your plantar fascia, and maybe you have partial tears of the, the fascia, you can inject the stem cells. I have a very specific protocol after, and you stimulate the fibroblast, which creates the collagen, which repairs the tear. Oh, wow. um, it's also anti-fibrolytic, so it breaks up some of the scar tissue or the hot mess that's there. Mm -hmm. um, helps to reorganize what's called neovascularization. So when we have an injury, maybe we injure the plantar fascia or a tendon or whatever it is, you get um, repair of the injury, but it's like this. It's like a 
haystack. Like the blood vessels are messy, the fibers are messy, the collagen is messy, and then you have to reorganize it so that you get proper um, tensile strength and things like that out of the tissue. That's what stem cells have. What to do is reorganize and stimulate the repair process. Um, I don't use stem cells for arthritis in the foot because okay, it doesn't it. have as high as high an efficacy. Um, there's a lot of research around stem cells for the knee. Those work really well. Um, okay. Good. But Good. the way that joints in the foot go through force is very different than knees. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I hear you. Oh, now I see you, and you're moving. You're not frozen. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what's happened with the internet here, but once in a while, funny things happen on Zoom. Um, very interesting about the stem cells. So all this time I have known you, I actually didn't know you'd do that. That's really cool. That's good. So if people want to yeah. learn about EBFA courses, they want to learn about um, Naboso, what's the best place or places for them to go? Uh, yeah, so for my education, it is ebfaglobal.com, and then that links to every other avenue you could go under EBFA. For Naboso, is nabosotechnology.com, so Naboso Technology. And then for my medical practice, if anyone wants to see how I practice, it's just my name, so dremilyspoil.com. Um, I'll put links to all these on the screen, too. Okay. So, yep, good, good. Well, this has been great, man. It's good to see you again. It's been a long time, too long. Yeah. And I'm glad your family's well. I'm glad you're doing better. You're coming out of this COVID thing. And I really appreciate you sharing your story with us because right now, you know, we're at the height. I think, well, every day seems to be a new height of curiosity about it. Especially here because right here we don't have that many cases. You know, we have like 500 and you have thousands. Thousands and thousands. So, yeah, thank you. This is very informative. And uh, I love all the work you do. You already know that. You rock. Oh, you. Thank I, you. I, I don't mean to promote myself, but I do want people to know that you wrote a chapter for my book, which is going to come out next month. Um, and it's a beautiful contribution you put into my book, which I really appreciate so much again. Thank you. And once it gets. Once <laughs> Happy. <laughs> okay. Good. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So um, I think we're all set. Anything else you want to share? Uh, no, I'm just doing good. It's good to see you and see you're healthy. Oh, you know what? I want to keep you on. I'm going to end the meeting, uh, the uh, recording, but I want to keep you on for one minute uh, just oh, okay. to share something. So thank you, Dr. Emily. Appreciate this very much. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much watchers and listeners but we appreciate you joining us take this information learn it internalize it and then live it have a great day